You're listening to the Restaurant Operator Podcast. At Summit Hill Foods Professional, creativity comes with a side of convenience. See how our full range of sauces and bases can help you reinvent your recipes and your customer experiences. By simplifying the cooking process, cutting down on ingredients, shortening prep time, and reducing waste, you can bring even more flavor to your menu with a whole lot less of everything else. Learn more at shfoodspro.com slash bigflavors. Welcome to the Restaurant Operator Podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about craft cocktails with Don Robinson, President and CEO for Parlor in Louisville, Kentucky. Don, thanks so much for being with us today. Thanks for having me, Mandy. Well, let's talk a little bit about your craft cocktail menu. I know that um, you have some really great drinks on your on your drinks menu. Um, what inspired you to go the craft cocktail route in your pizzeria um, instead of just having the regular old beer and wine? Um, what you know? What was the impetus behind the craft cocktails on your restaurant menu? When, when we developed Parlor and, and we decided to scale the brand, we wanted to be a little bit different than your typical independent pizza concept. And we use two words constantly in, in, in our organization. We use elevated and atmosphere. And elevated, we try to do from, a, from the food we deliver to uh, our service to our craft cocktail menu. And so what we tried to do is really take an elevated approach to the craft cocktails and do something that you would expect at a at a more high-end elevated restaurant and bring it down to the pizza segment. And you know, so what we do, we what we pride ourselves on is really doing things differently uh, when we started constructing the craft cocktails of doing we, we make all of our own simple syrups in-house. For, for all of our drinks, whether they're our signature drinks or our seasonal drinks. And, and we soak our own bourbon cherries um, as opposed to just buying them because we, we put it in a, it, you know, when we soak them, it's not just soaking them in, in a few things. It's 11 ingredients that we mix and soak the bourbon cherries in. And we take a lot of pride in, in, in our, craft, our craft cocktail line for sure. Sure. So how do you source the ingredients for your craft cocktails? Do you prioritize any local or artisan products? Um, obviously, being here in Kentucky, um, bourbon is going to be number one. How do you kind of go the the local or the artisan route? Sure. So we we have our, our expert is Brianne Money, who develops the, the recipes and and uh, you know, the ingredients and we try to use as much local as we can. And we certainly on, on our bourbon drinks have the more traditional bourbon flares. Like our, our, our old fashioned is something we take a lot of pride in as one of our top sellers. And, you know, we'll use old Forrester, you know, we try to get as traditional as we can, but with our twist on it. And Brianna's has done a phenomenal job of, you know, putting things together. I'm, I'm looking at right now, we're, we're rolling out our new seasonal cocktails, our fall and winter uh, on November 1st. So last night we we met, she had about eight or 10 of us testing all of her new cocktails and they were amazing. So we we, we really lean on her to, to get that local flair when possible. 
Absolutely. Um, what role does creativity play in designing your craft cocktail menu? And how you said you, that you're, you update it seasonally. So how often are you adding or taking off drinks? So we try to do, we have five signature cocktails. We have the, our parlor old fashioned, a parlor Rita, a Brambleberry mule, a downtown sangria, and then our uh, bloody Mary. And then we will try to do seasonal cocktails every four months. We'll roll out five seasonals every four months. Tell me the process of crafting a signature cocktail from the concept to when it actually makes the menu. What all, what steps go into it? Yeah, again, that I, we lean on Brianne and, and her expertise, but you know she really um, the couple of the key items is it has to be uh, some the syrups. They have to be made in house. Um, we we want that we want that uh, differentiator on our end, um, and and even down you know like one of our cocktails coming out here in November is a raspberry fizz where she's making our own raspberry jelly to to put in this as opposed to just buying a raspberry jelly. So sure. you know she she's very creative, but those are kind of the the guidelines we give her is it's got to be very unique and it's got to be something that you would expect at a very high end restaurant. Right. Do you have a favorite cocktail? What's your favorite on the menu? My go-to is a parlor old fashioned. Okay. And what goes into that? So in, in our old fashioned, of course, she makes the, our own simple syrup. We use a, the old, old Forester 86. But then she used in, in our, uh, in our syrup, she's using, uh, flavors of the allspice, cinnamon, vanilla, citrus. Um, and then, of course, it has a, an orange peel and then one of our, uh, you know, our house soaked bourbon cherries. That sounds amazing. And, and doing so much in-house, how are you keeping your labor costs down? You know, we, we batch it in large batches, but often we, we kind of batch it, you know, we want it as fresh as we possibly can. And and we typically it's a uh, a bar manager or salaried manager doing those those syrup mixes um, and and cooking those off. So we're you know we spend a little bit more on the labor part, but again we always go back to elevated in atmosphere, right? We we know there's a price to pay for delivering that elevated product and elevated service. What about glassware? Um, did you guys put a lot of thought into how you wanted to present those drinks on the menu? We have, and Mandy, to be honest with you, it was one of those, uh, as we grew, we grew rapidly during COVID really. Right. And, and we backfilled existing restaurants when we grew. And so we inherited a lot of glass glassware. So it was, okay. it's been a little hit and miss and different at every location until recently. And now we have. We, we spent several weeks determining, you know, the proper glassware and replacing the glassware we had in all the locations. So we get some consistency across the brand as we scale. Okay. That makes, that makes sense. Um, what about the balance of flavors? Um, I, does Brienne really take that into consideration when she's formulating these drinks, how well the flavors are going to balance together and balance also with your pizza? Absolutely. Yeah. And that, that is another thing that we are working on with this new menu is 
uh, determining, all right, it, it pairs well with a hot honey pepperoni or it pairs well with a, uh, the doctor pizza or a grinder. So yeah, a lot of considerations in how those flavors mix and, and what it pairs well with. And are servers trained to kind of recommend a, a drink with whatever the customer is ordering? That is certainly our goal. Um, you know, we, we, we continue to work on that on a daily basis, but it is, we, we do have those training tools in place and, you know, kind of again, along the lines of the glass where it's a work in progress, we're, we're getting there. Um, and we, we feel like, you know, to deliver, we preach elevated. So to deliver the elevated service, we, we've got to, uh, you know, have an elevated training program. Right. What kind of um, work went into getting a liquor license as opposed to a beer and wine license? You know, in the state of Kentucky, it is it it is much easier than other states for sure. Okay. Um, so you know, with a with a good mix of food versus alcohol, it is not a difficult uh, process in the state of Kentucky. Indiana is a totally different story. It's they're allocated by county liquor license. So um, we are fortunate in Indiana that we are in two of our two locations are in enterprise zones. So they allot some variances there. Uh, but as we prepare to scale, we're talking to folks in uh, other areas of Indiana and, and Tennessee and Ohio and Florida, where we're learning that the liquor license process is considerably different as you cross state lines. Right. And you have to adhere to those definitely to make sure that you're you're following the law. Absolutely. Yeah, and we we do um, uh, use an attorney, uh, an attorney that is experienced in the liquor license process. It, it, you know, it's an investment that I highly recommend to make sure that that you don't miss anything. I mean, and and stay extremely organized on the renewal process because it is it can certainly sneak up on you. And in those in some states, those licenses are so coveted it, it you don't want it to slip through your fingers. Sure. And what about serving? Um, I know that there are some rules and regulations when it comes to over serving and your, you know, your bartenders and your staff kind of have to be, you know, stay ahead of that. Um, do you all follow serve safe? Is that what training you use or or how are you training your employees for that? We do. Yeah, we have uh, we've adopted the serve safe alcohol training um, and then we are in the process of getting our uh, area coach, which is a, a you know district manager per se, uh, as a proctor to where she can do those trainings and, and ensure that that is part of the process. So before bartenders, you know, um, run solo shifts, they are going to have that serve safe alcohol training and certification prior to it's, it's it, it can't uh, express enough how important that that process is what are the expectations on servers as opposed to bartenders because not everybody sits at the bar so what should servers be looking out for always be alert always be uh you know, keep an eye on the guest and, and, and avoid the underage sharing of the drinks or over serving. And we, we, we emphasize that training with all of our management that are doing their 
their walks, you know, the manager walk in the dining room to look out for those items and never hesitate to, you know, if you, if you're a little uncertain, never hesitate to, to pull the, the trigger quicker and, and, you know, cut that person off. What about accommodating people with dietary issues um, or restrictions with craft cocktails? Do you, do you ever have customers who come in and say, well, you know, I'm allergic to dairy. Is there any dairy in this drink? We do. And that's part of the education of the, of the uh, ingredients. And, and we try to cover all of that in our pre-shift meetings of, Hey, here are the, you know, here, this may be a drink that we are highlighting tonight. Here are the ingredients, but prior to taking the floor on solo shifts or solo bartending shifts, it is the menu education of, you know, here, here's what we have and these are the ingredients and, and we try to do our best to, to um, prepare them and, and get them, prepared, you know, ready for those questions prior to them happening. Do you have underage staff? Are they allowed to serve? They're not allowed to serve alcohol the same way an underage clerk in a grocery store wouldn't be able to serve. Is that right? Yeah. And again, it's, it's different uh, as you, you enter different uh, states. So, you know, in some states it can be 18 and some it's 21, some it's 20. Um, and we just, you know, that is a state by state uh, law that, that you just have to adhere to. Um, but we certainly, you know, I, I would recommend understanding your local laws and, and making sure your managers are, highly trained on those laws and, and understanding. What do you see? Um, what are some of the trends that we're seeing right now? What's popular um, right now? I mean, obviously, I know, I know, you know, a couple of years ago, it was flavored martinis were all the rage. Um, what are you seeing now in terms of trends? Yeah, I think we're really seeing, um, you know, the, the whole craft cocktails in general um, are really picking up. And you know, I think we're seeing we're, we're trying to stay ahead of that with what we are doing of making, you know, elevating our products and making the syrups ourselves and educating our guests. There's a lot of things that we do that people had no clue. So it's all right. Well, let's educate them. But that tends to be uh, tends to be the trend at the moment is is doing your own syrups, you know, making sure that the garnish is different than the next person, right? I mean, everybody has an old fashioned, but how are you making yours? Or, you know, everybody has a great Bloody Mary, but what's different about yours? And we're, we're constantly trying to find ways to make ours so, you know, very unique. And I think that that is where the, where the guests are going. They love the uniqueness of cocktails and, you know, we, they always love the uniqueness of food, but, Cocktails seem to be, um, we're seeing our craft cocktails continuing to grow. What about pricing? Now, I know um, I, personally for me, uh, I, was at a, I was at a nice restaurant in Tampa last weekend, and they actually had happy hour from four to seven, and we were there on a Friday night. Um, and that the prices of the drinks really make that second drink a reality if the, if the drinks are priced right. How are you guys kind of pricing your drinks to make sure that they're affordable and that, you know, people will order them in addition to those breadsticks or 
um, the wings, which Cheryl's wings are so good, but <laughs> they're you. so good. But, uh, you know, making sure that it's not either or, that they're not uh, ordering a drink instead of um, an appetizer. Sure. Yeah. And that's, we try to do that right out of the gate with, with when we're engineering the menu of we want to keep that price point between eight or 10 bucks, eight and 10 bucks. And if it, you know, sure, we could make some modifications and we could have a $15, $16 cocktail on the menu, but it, it isn't the avenue that we want to go as a company. So we're, we're not a company that are, that is big on discounts or right. couponing. So what we've tried to do is just make the absolute best drink or food or what have you that we can at a reasonable price. So that, so that we don't have to do those, those things, you know, the, the happy hours here and there, and we will do them occasionally. Um, uh, primarily we, we try to do that with our collaboration craft beer, as opposed to the, the craft cocktails. And what do you see in the future? What are the, what do you think are some of the, the trends that we're going to see in the future when it comes to craft cocktails? Well, I think that it's going to continue down the path that it is. I think it's going to continue down the creativity path. Um, the uniqueness of the new uh, different lines of, of alcohols that are coming out, the, the spirits that, you know, that tend, we're tending to see a little bit outside of Louisville, of course, but a little bit uh, heavier trend toward the clears. They're, they're becoming, um, it seems to be a little more uh, popular and moving quicker. Um, of course, in Louisville, bourbon are, is king and always will be, right? But, right. Um, but I think we're going to see that. I think we're going to continue to see the creativity, but but a shift a little bit more toward clear being a little more acceptable in in a lot of these uh, seasonal and, and craft cocktails. So let's say we're talking to a restaurant that is maybe considering a craft cocktail menu to their own um, restaurant. What advice would you give them about starting a craft cocktail menu? Obviously, they're going to want to put time and, and effort into it and thought into it. Um, but what would you, what kind of, what tips would you recommend to them? You know, I mean, I can, I can talk from our perspective, but it, I would say be unique and be different and not, you know, again, it, every concept has their own path and, you know, it, it may be, it's a little different for everyone. For us, it's to be unique, be different, not take the easy path of, you know, pre-made syrups or, you know, what have you with, but, but I think the key, if you want a successful craft cocktail and it to be a good percentage of your business, you've got to take your time and, and focus on the uniqueness of what fits your brand. Well, that's excellent. That's excellent. Thank you so much for being with us today. Thank you, Mandy. Appreciate the invite and happy to share. That'll do it for this edition of Restaurant Operator Podcast, and we'll catch you all next time. Thank you. With a full range of sauces and bases, Summit Hill Foods Professional helps you cut down on prep time, ingredients, and waste so you can bring more flavor to your menu with a whole lot less of everything else. Learn more at shfoodspro.com slash big flavors.